Now I see my Johnny. Hey, buddy. Man, that, that uh, Skype pickup was scary. There was just a, um, there's a dripping sound. Just a constant drip as though I was in your tomb. Yeah. I heard that, too. It was a little different. Didn't like it. Didn't like it one bit. It was, it was the same tune. It was the same general melody as the old Skype sound, but it was a dripping water and like somebody just kind of tapping their feet on the floor. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe clapping their hands. It was the death version. Yeah. Well, let's hope not. Let's wish that it was. <laughs> let's wish we could. Let's wish we could die right now. <laughs> eventful, uh, eventful few weeks, wouldn't you say, friend? Uh-huh, nice coffee cup. Yeah, thank nice you. Nice hat. I love everything. <laughs> do, do, do you really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Crazy, crazy times, buddy. I don't, have, I don't have anything to say about it. Come on, you've had a lot to say on the Twitter. At least you did it first. You, you, you've grown quiet. I've grown despondent. Well, sure you have. Sure you have, since you uh, have historically liked America. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't seem it just doesn't seem Rufus, you know. Rufus? Hmm? Isn't that a type of bird? There is a Rufus Tohi. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. A Rufus sided Tohi. Bird. Yeah. Uh, Just its sides are Rufus? I think it's a beautiful bird. It's brownish. I've never seen it. I've never seen a Rufus sided Tohi. Yeah, yet you believe it exists just because the man tells you. I don't believe anything anymore. (laughs) Oh, Eddie. (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't. Eddie, no. I'm sorry, man. It's just I don't. Oh, oh. So I subscribed. My only solace is lately is is Mad Magazine. Oh, look at that! It looks like uh, Alfred E. Newman is in a straitjacket. Uh huh. But he's he's grinning. (laughs) Why would he do such a thing? Like me. Yeah. Good. A little spy versus spy. Yeah. Got a lot of uh, Mad Mag. This Mad Magazine seemed pretty sure. I think as as well as others that uh, the election was going to go a different way. Right. And I'm propping my computer up on the horrible novel I'm reviewing for the LRB. Yeah. And then it's Savage, Savage against the lady candidate, and and kind of chuckling about the uh, gentleman candidate. You know what was hilarious about Hillary Clinton? She wore pantsuits. How can you elect someone like that? She had email. Oh, she doesn't know how to use email, and she dressed in a pantsuit. Come on. Let's elect a sexual predator instead. Yeah, at least he wears pantsuits like a man. <sighs> He's probably the worst dressed rich person ever. He just wears he just wears the same he just wears that little suit. I don't fit though. Doesn't fit. No, he he's he uh you couldn't fasten it. No. 
Couldn't fasten his suits. Our first unfastenable president. <laughs> Leave it at that. Okay, okay, we'll start. Very unfastenable. If we had I, if we had talked a couple of weeks ago, it would have been nonstop election, I think. You would have you would have you would have spilled it all out, but something has happened. I broke. <laughs> so, so, no, I'm laughing at that. It's, True. It's not funny. It me. Breaking of it is not funny. You just said it me. <laughs> I did. Like a like a millennial. Trying. Like a young millennial woman. I'm doing what I can. You gotta trying on a lot of disguises. I think that's a really good plan. Oh, I wouldn't say that pretending to be a woman is a really good idea for the next four years, but ha <laughs> 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 we white men will be in great shape. <laughs> no, no, I've, got, I've got the costume I need for the next four years, I guess. Oh my god. I can't I cannot stand okay. I just can't stand white people saying it's everything will be fine. They're lying. If one more person says everything's going to be fine, I'm just, I'm just going to freak. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's some other things that. Here's what made me leave the Thanksgiving. I, I had to leave. <laughs> I had to leave the dinner. Oh, really? And it was, uh, and everyone, and everyone was in agreement. Like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not like there was some great difference of opinion. I just imagine what it was like for people at tables where there was a difference of opinion. It was just the slight difference. All it took was for somebody to say, let's give them a chance. Somebody who you know voted against them and probably gave money to his opponents still saying, yeah, let's give them a chance. Like, I can't sit at this table. No. I'm going to go join. I'm going to go watch Ice Age with the kid. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Which was better rehearsal. Yeah, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't even with these people. Is that another thing that they say? I think they do. Yeah. But, uh, how's Ithaca, New York? Uh, oh, you know, I'm getting a divorce. Yeah. I guess I can say that now that, uh, it's been Facebooked. Yeah. Yeah, BR. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. So that's why you're wearing sweatpants. Uh, I think the election has more to do with my sweatpants than the than the the dissolution of my marriage does. Yeah. Um. Neither neither one is any excuse. <laughs> hey, man, I'm I'm alone in my house or my apartment. Yeah. My divorced dad hideout. Yeah, looks woody. Looks kind of cabiny. It is kind of cabiny. In fact, I'm looking. If I look past the screen of my laptop out the out the window, um, I am literally looking right this minute at a uh, at a deer that's just sitting. I'm sitting on my sofa, um, twelve feet from ten feet from my window, and then yeah. ten feet on the other side of the window uh, is a deer. Just chilling F- out there. I'm gonna. It's an FBI deer. Yeah, well, no doubt. Let me. Uh, I'll take a picture of take a picture of it. Um, it's cute, man. It's sitting there, it looks a little bit like a like a kitty. Here, hold on, I'll show it to you. Do you see that? Oh, he's lying down. Yeah, he's just sitting there. Oh, he's adorable. I'm sitting there. She's sitting there. He, she, she. I think. Yeah. So uh, this place is. Uh, 
This place is a a condo community uh, that was built in the 80s, and it is Echt Ithaca. It's very... uh, um, Very moosewood? Yeah, it really is. It's sort of studiedly rustic and communal, and um, uh, (laughs) I bumped into a... I bumped into a uh, um, a colleague when I was out walking yesterday, and this is a guy who he's very gossipy. He's he thinks he's been in our department longer than anybody, but he's actually number two. Um, yeah. And uh, he'll have been a part of our department for fifty years, starting. Uh, that's that's a good long time. Yeah, it's a really long time. It's a good stretch. Uh, and he's, he's, you think oh, he's going to stay? Oh, I think he'll stick it out to the bitter end. And he's, he's very energetic and by all accounts of a really good teacher. So he teaches, uh, he teaches the, uh, Ulysses, the Ulysses class, the obligatory Ulysses class and, uh, bumped into him and he ended up following me all the way home. And he's like, wait a minute, you live here? And I said, yeah. He said, "When I was when I got divorced in my forties, I moved here too." <laughs> uh, so I, I said, it, "I guess it has that certain thing." Yeah, it totally does. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 rustic and uh, feels 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 homey. So got my got my records, my sectional sofa. Yeah, I'm a guitars. Does he teach a class in Tales of Brave Ulysses? I don't think he does, no. I think that's a little, like, winter session class. <laughs> Looks like I'm teaching summer session, by the way. This is another thing I've never done before, but my new situation has brought with it a f- um, financial strain. Yeah. Um, and it turns out, if you're, a, if you're a full professor at Cornell, summer classes are kind of uh, lucrative, so... Is it a little? Is it? Is it uh, like time and a half? Uh, no, no. I mean, it's not. Or is it just regular, regular pay? No, it's like it's like a flat fee per class if you fill the class, and then if you have fewer students, they give you a little less. But um, but it's a you know three three weeks of ludicrously intense uh, teaching effort, and I'll come out the other side more or less out of debt. So so it's every day, probably every every day, yeah, every day, all day, fourteen for hours. Part. Well, two cl- two classes a day every day for three weeks. That's a, that's a long. That, that's all. That's all day. Yeah, that's all day. Because classes have to be three hours or so, right? Uh, I think they're two and a half, and then yeah. I'm going to have some office hours, and then I'm just going to be reading manuscripts in my office. So yeah. busy times, busy times. Good. I'm kind of looking forward to it. It feels kind of like uh, art camp, you know? Yeah. I was. I taught when I was in New York. I think I told you. I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast. I taught a class at uh, Catapult. Um, Catapult, the book publisher and web literary web organ that is a sister right. sister organization to Electric Lit, for whom uh, we ply our our editorial. Uh, almost finished that sense, but you Blue know pens. what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By <laughs> <Fly> our oars. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, I taught a. Uh, they they offer writers the opportunity to pitch uh, one day workshops. Um, writers who happened to be in New York and I was for a bit and I uh, taught a flash fiction chapbook class yeah. and it was delightful. Uh, I was very nervous about it. I was very nervous about the super compressed, um, like the amount of information and a discussion that had to happen in a really short time. Um, and I never had to, 
I never had to time myself in that way. I never had to to uh, fit that amount of information into that amount of time. Um, but it was great fun, and the students were wonderful people and good writers. So maybe it'll be like that, except for twenty one days. Yeah, yeah. Teaching on Saturdays. I guess I'm not. Where do you take them bowling for a break? That's not a bad idea. Take them for an activity. <laughs> I thought that'd be great. Uh, summers are nice on campuses. I agree. Summer in a college town in general is yeah. a thing that I I can get yeah. behind. If I remember correctly. Uh Missoula in the summer is nice. I liked when I when I taught at the boarding school. I liked summer and winter break when the whole kind of uh, the whole edifice kind of slumbers. Yeah. Wow, the slumbering edifice of an institution on break. Yeah. Nice. I, it was my. It was always my favorite part of um, of being a student in college. Yeah. Was. Uh, was the times when everyone else wasn't there. I would always return a day or two home early from, or day, day or two back early from break yeah. so that I could have the campus, especially the library to myself. You, you eat differently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you eat a lot, you eat a lot, one eats a lot of things with ranch. <laughs> well, it's, of circumstance. Uh, that, it's not dissimilar to what happens when you live with other people for 20 years and then you live alone for the first time. You eat a lot of ranch. <laughs> you eat a lot of ranch. Or specifically, you eat a lot of... Um, and here's here's maybe our first food topic, unless you want to count escaping the Thanksgiving table. <laughs> but uh, Snyder's... I don't even know what they call them. Snyder's pre- pretzel... Snyder's of Hanover? Snyder's of Hanover. And they've always... They've always uh, provided those delicious, very hard sourdough, uh, thick sourdough pretzels. Yeah. But now they're breaking them into pieces yeah. and they're putting honey them mustard. in a bag with, uh, with flavoring. Yeah. Honey mustard. Honey mustard is good. And cheddar cheese is good. Yeah. And jalapeno is good. I haven't had, I've, I've, I've stuck with what works, which is that, that honey mustard. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Hard, hard though. Breaks your teeth. So, Expensive to get them fixed. You just throw some in a smoothie, yeah. and you're good to go. Oh, no, you put them in ice cream. Oh no. no, don't do that. Good, could do it. <laughs> but uh, those those things, I, I'm in danger of. I mean, I put on weight since I since I moved out. Um, Sweatpants. Yeah, well, my I have pants that still fit, but I. I'm trying to walk. I'm trying to walk an hour a day because my this neighborhood is very walkable. Plus, it goes past part of the part of my walk overlaps. This is this will be my third routine Ithaca walk. My first one was when uh, we lived by the elementary school. My kids were right. little. The second one was out in uh, out in the sticks where I've lived for the past decade, and now this is kind of in between the two. So it overlaps overlaps the original one. So I'm walking past the school that my children grew up at and. Um, bumping into people I don't necessarily want to talk to, <laughs> uh, but it's uh, but so far it's not it's not it hasn't been effective, and I think uh, the pretzel bits are over are are winning the uh, the battle against the walks. 
Are you having anything microwavable on a routine basis? Just coffee. Oh. Oh, no, John. What? I never microwave coffee. What to say? I, I'm surprised to hear that from you. Oh, no. Never microwave coffee. Like, like you make a pot of coffee and then you... You have to microwave some because it's gotten cold. Yeah, but already made. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I like it at all. It's all right. Uh, doesn't taste right, does it? It tastes fine. Doesn't taste I mean, the same. By the time it's no longer robust. You by the time a robust I'm... coffee that's been in the microwave. <laughs> you gotta have your coffee robust, John. Okay, re- robust. Must be robust. Cafe Robusto. Yeah. Oh, Castro died. Yeah. That made people say a lot of smart things. <laughs> uh, Ned, oh Sub- Ned Sublet, really good writer, interesting guy. Wait, Ned Sublet? Ned Sublet. Uh,. Writes about uh, he's a musician. Yeah, he wrote uh, wrote the song covered by Willie Nelson called uh, uh, "Cowboys Are Frequently Secretly Fond of Each Other." <laughs> I don't know that song. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm Cowboys definitely going to frequently secretly fond of each other. Oh boy! Well, go on, tell me more. Uh, but he also uh, it was written a lot about New Orleans and the Caribbean and Cuba and. He's kind of a specialist on Caribbean music, particularly Cuban music. Um, and he uh, he was in he's in Havana right now, and he was uh, he sent out uh, an email about um, like soon after, right after it happened, you know, being at being at a, a bar, everybody's dancing. Yeah, uh, word comes over on the loudskeeper. The loudskeeper. <laughs> the uh, um, El Jefe has uh, muertoed, uh, and 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 uh, just just describe the moment, you know, very very freshly, of uh, this this long, long feared and long desired, um, and it had happened, and how people get told. Yeah. Oh, do you have a link to that? No, oh, well, maybe I should find it. You should find it and send it to no, me. No, I don't think he, he doesn't. Uh, he actually asks that these things not be disseminated. Oh. He just sends out He sends out an email. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. So this is a thing again, by the way. Email newsletters seem to be a thing again. Yeah. Ned's, Ned's kept on going. Ned list. Ned list? Ned list. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> you mean Ned's List, the uh, Nederland Independent School District? Yeah. yeah. Ned's List is a forum for district employees to post or list personal or school organization items for sale. Maybe you have a car, pet, couch, or boat you want to sell. List it here. If your school organization has a t-shirt for sale, you can share that here as well. Only NISD employees can see and access this oh, forum. Oh, I was hoping we might get to see them. Yeah, I would like to see it too, honestly. But, uh, hoping to see that you you can you know it, you also can't see the uh, community forum uh, for my condo community unless you live here as well. Have you looked at it? Oh yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. 
Oh no, John's next novel slowly forming. It's mostly people asking for information that um, all they'd have to do is type into the URL bar and Google will just present it to them. Yeah. Florence and the Machine died. Oh, really? Harry and the Hendersons died. Go on. Larry uh, David died. Like in the mechanics? Uh, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band died. (laughs) Eddie and the Cruisers died. They were all my friends and they died. Have you seen uh, Eddie and the Cruisers lately? No, no, I have not. Oh, I recommend it. Is is uh, Michael Michael Paré? Is the cut of his jib still sharp? Is that his name? Michael Paré. Yeah, they, he was also I in. Was, I thought that was the father. Philadelphia Effect Project. The Philadelphia Effect Project theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then he, he thought Paré. it was no, <laughs> Michael Paré. Paré is my father. <laughs> yeah, Call yeah, me Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway tell me why i should or should not (laughs) watch eddie and the cruisers again do you like do you do you like rock and roll john i do in fact i've i have seen that movie about six times it was my favorite movie when i was a like 13 very uh um who's who's it who do you think it's supposed to be about that was the question right yeah, it's like it's it's a it's a it's like if Bruce Springsteen were James Dean, right? Basically, yeah. Musical sounds like Bruce Springsteen, E Street Band stuff. Yeah, but then it gets dark. It's dark. It does I mostly remember him uh, as pausing in front of a TV store and watching <laughs> things? Yeah, like more than once. I think. He, wa- he, wa- he watches himself on TV, but he's got a super long beard, and that reminds me. There's a little, there's a little Brian Wilson in there too. Um, but I think he's he, what he like fakes his own death, and at the end he's got a spoilers. At the end he's got a super long beard. He's watching himself. There was a sequel too, which even as a teenager, I uh, Eddie and the Cruisers two, which I watched and was determined after that never to watch again because the songs weren't as good. Never to watch a movie again. Yeah, I gave up on movies for a while. Cruisers 2. Yeah. Oh, it's called Eddie Lives. <laughs> yeah, which is, again, spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael Pere. Yeah. Should we, uh, maybe we should have a, because, uh, you know, this, here's the other thing about uh, Bachelor, rebacheloring is, uh, I'm watching lots and lots of movies. Yeah. Uh, many of the cast members uh, had earlier co-starred in the film Meatballs. <laughs> really? The thing about uh, uh, <laughs> Eddie and the Cruisers 2, you might not know. Eddie and the Cruisers 2, colon, Meatballs Reunion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> colon, Meatballs 3. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called. Yeah. Who are those people? Harvey Atkin, Kate Lynch. I don't know. Uh, music still by John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. Yeah. Got a long, long, uh, long synopsis. 
<laughs> do, do you want to share? Mm, I'll tell you that there are special guest appearances by not only Larry King, but also also Martha Quinn and and uh, Bo Diddley. The filming the film was quickly made in just over uh, twenty days in 1989. Yeah, twenty yeah. days that changed the world. Uh huh. Yeah, for sure. How, I would like to see Larry King be in a movie as someone other than himself. Like, he could be uh, Charlie Rose. <laughs> it could, it could, a, someone, a character in a movie could be on Charlie Rose, and it's Larry King playing Charlie yeah. Rose. Yeah. It was produced by the Scotty Brothers. Okay, the poster, the Eddie and the Cruisers 2 Eddie Lives poster is Bananas. Looking around. He's just been caught doing something. Doesn't doesn't look good. Ugh. Ifs. I'm trying to find, figure out why there's not a Eddie in the Cruisers 3. <laughs> You're going to contemplate that for 10 or 15 minutes. Why might that be the... Oh, but there is. No, Really? In the Cruisers Three, Working Man Blues. I was just just oh, it's just an album, just an album. Okay, okay. Because John Cafferty ha- was having trouble establishing an identity outside the outside the um, the the, co- the yeah. costumery of Eddie. The only dear, it, Mi- it- dear Michael Perret. Happy New Year, 2006. Dear Mr. Perret, I don't really know what to say or write to you. I never <laughs> wrote anything to any famous celebrity before. I personally think you're a brilliant actor. You've done some great film roles during your career. <laughs> Sincerely, your biggest fan, John. December 30th, 2005. From the city of John, USA. <laughs> Dear Michael, I received the Philadelphia Experiment DVD for Christmas. Now there is the movie I haven't seen in a long, long time. Yeah. Members of my extended family wanted to borrow it. Surf the web to check out what you've been doing. Cheers. From Canada. What are you, what are you reading to me, Ed? I'm reading from the Michael Pear Fan Club page. No. What's, hey, Michael, what's up? Just wanted to say I'm... A big fan, especially since Eddie and the Cruisers. Have a Merry Christmas. Have you ever been to Greenbush, Minnesota? That's where I'm from. <laughs> Just so you know, it would be an honour, and it's spelled in the... Uh... An, an honour? Yeah. Wow, here they, you're right. Yeah. You're right, uh, look at this. It would be an honour to shake your hand and meet you personally. Since you and John Caffrey are pretty good friends, you ever thought about doing Eddie and the Cruisers 3, Eddie's Rides Again? <laughs> Dear Michael, there is only one time when it is essential to awaken. That time is now. Wishing you 366 happy days in 2012. Dear Michael, hi there. What a great actor you are in so many movies. And now going to be in Sorry and Great along Vernon Wells, another great actor too. Please do take care. 
Dear Michael, I would like to wish you a peaceful and happy holiday season. Much success in 2012. It's the year of the dragon. It's the year of you, Michael. Griffith I'm a newcomer, as your fan, I think. Last week I watched two Eddies. What an actor you are. I can't find right words to describe you properly. Wishing you wonderful, wonderful holidays from Singapore. <laughs> it seems that like every time there's a holiday, there's a there's an of- explosion of Michael Pere fan yeah. letters. Dear Michael, which do you like better, brats or hot dogs? I could eat about ten brats with a German pilsner. Oh, by the way, your movies are great. They're even better with a brat in a German pilsner, though. Mille grazie, Ray Wallert. Oh. From hey. Ray in Lakeside, Montana, good old USA. Good old. Hi, Michael. I think your acting is not peckable. <laughs> and then in parentheses, impeccable. Yeah. And that you have plenty of subway fare, parentheses, savoir fare, parentheses, heh. I think that your appearance is just stunning. Cool lips, neato eyebrows, nice fingernails, delightful muscles, the cutest feet and hair, just superb. And the looks you get on your face are so pure. You shouldn't be shy, because you're such a good example. I like you tons, and if you ever need someone to say hi to, I'm here for you. Parentheses, two asterisks, close parentheses. Enjoy lots. Suzanne B. Stockton, California. Claudia Taylor from USA says, Hi, Michael. I've got a whole bunch of your movies, and make sure that my kids watch them, too. (laughs) My son wants to become a chef after reading that you went to culinary school. (laughs) Happy holiday season. (laughs) Dear Michael, hi, babe. Haven't left a message for a while. I keep looking for your newer movies, but I can't seem to find... Homeroom, Red Serpent, etc. here in Milwaukee. But I did get to see you in Cold Case, April 18th. Great, Michael. Way to go. It was a cameo role, but nice to see you again. You looked great with your winning smile as usual. How I wish you were in a place so that you could answer your email messages. That would be so encouraging for the fans. New projects seem to surface in Canada before the USA. Here you are located in L.A. now. Good. Ciao, babe. Love, Zig, Wisconsin. Chuck Peterson from USA says, The Rian, I, R-E-A-N, became a fan of yours, Mike, is because of your work on The Greatest American Hero. He was on that? When Agent Maxwell tried to browbeat your character, he not only didn't back down, but also stated, at least I know how to stand my ground. That, and the fact that I, too, was in an alternative school. Blind Warrior was great, too. So was Houston Knights. Heck, man. Everything you were in kicked you-know-what. You just got to get back on the screen, man. We're missing you out here in normal. And thanks for the memories, brother. Stay strong. Keep rocking. Wow. What a man. Yum, yum. Meow. Goose pimples all over. My hubby was watching TV, and I melted like butter watching you play Eddie. You really have the body of Michael Angelo. And the looks of David. Liquid sex, for sure. Elvis. You have been truly blessed. You've sparked a fire in me that hasn't been there since Elvis. This grandma is seeing the light again. Lol. Whomever you are married is one lucky woman. Take care. 
The stars are shining bright in Dallas, Texas. Hilda, USA. Dear Michael. We, we could do this for two hours, but maybe we should stop? Dear Michael. <laughs> Dear Michael. Yeah. Hello, Michael. Dear Michael. Hi, Mike. Dear Mr. Perret. So one of the hardest parts of writing a fan letter is knowing how to, how to begin. Yeah. As is often the case with any composition. <laughs> the question often falls to how to begin. <laughs> Michael, howdy, Paul. Howdy, pal. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mike. Dear Michael. It's like, how formal do you want to be? Like, we're super formal. Streets of fire. So anyway, yeah, Eddie and the Cruisers and Eddie and the Cruisers too. You want to have a? We should have a film festival. Good. Should do that, John. Right. Yeah. Well, I think we should co-write Eddie and the Cruisers three. <laughs> On spec. You should do most of the work, though. That that's a good use of our time for sure. Yeah. In Eddie and the Cruisers three, um, he. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the story. So I guess for that generation, maybe the story of of being a rocker, the the fantasy is not only to be a a, a successful rock and roll musician, but also to uh, be so cool that you have to escape or something. <laughs> for us, it's a uh, yeah. I don't know. You have to be too. You have to be tough, but you and you also have to be mysterious, but you also have to be too tender for this world. Yeah, that you have to disappear from, but then you have to reappear in. Proving, proving all your all those who knew you were alive all the time and believed yeah. in you, you come back and their faith will be rewarded. It's a suicide fantasy. Eddie and the Cruises is a suicide fantasy. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, the, right. fan, the fantasy is if only I could kill myself but not actually be dead. If only I could delete my life and then have a different one. Heaven can wait. It can. Oh, it's a movie. Yeah. Um. Heaven can wait too. Heaven lives. Eddie and the Cruisers three. Eddie's uh, band is less popular than it was, but they still play about two hundred nights a year. <laughs> uh, makes a steady income. Uh, fan base uh, largely unchanged. Yeah, good one. That's good. That's catchy. Yeah. Eddie and the Cruisers four. Uh, becomes well-adjusted. Um, I think the, the Bob Mould editing the Cruiser story. <laughs> Something colon the Bob Mould editing the Cruiser yeah. story. Just kind of kind of goes along and does just fine. Yeah. Eddie Cruiser's editing the Cruiser's for going along doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you want... Do you want to talk about eats? Yeah, I got. I got a. Oh, first of all, I got to tell you about the resolution of my um, Le Cruzette. Uh, I think the lady on the phone said Le Cruzet, so I guess that's correct. Yeah, we. Yeah, so um, the, the people might recall that I was heating up my Le Cruzet skillet. Which has a 
cast iron-like surface. It's made of cast iron, but instead yeah. of having an exposed cast iron cooking surface, it has a enamel coating right. that you treat like a cast iron surface, which is not something I comprehend. It was a lovely looking pan, and I uh, used it for a couple of months following the instructions using soft things to cook on it and clean it. Uh, and uh, I was heating it up, preheating it one day to cook some uh, steaks, and little bits of the coating without me even touching the thing, were popping off and flying into the air. Not good. So I um, wrote a long description to Le Creuset of what had gone wrong with it. They sent me a return authorization number. They did not pay for the return. I paid for the return. Um, And I expected that they would... Which is uh, significant because it's a heavy object. Yeah, it cost me like $23 to mail it to them. Oh, my goodness. And then I got a, a letter in the mail... It said, we've determined that um, your pan did not have a manufacturer's defect. So we will not refund your money. But we will give you the opportunity to buy a new one at a discount. No. No, is it, no indeed. So You sent it to them. Right. They so I send it back. So I called them. Yeah. And I, I made it very clear that this was not acceptable. Not acceptable at all. And the woman I talked to said, well, the, you know, the decision is final. And I said, no, <laughs> that's not allowed. I did not do anything wrong. I cooked the way you told me to cook. And the pan destroyed itself without me even touching it. And she said, hold on. Put me on hold. Three minutes later, came back and said, okay, <laughs> I'll give you... $160 credit. Yeah. And you can... Well, first she said, I will send you a new one. And I said, I don't want a new one because this is the pan that destroys itself when you heat it up. Yeah. And she said, okay, I'll give you $160 credit, which is more than the pan is worth significantly. Yeah. Um, and so I have coming to me uh, a, a, a bunch of kitchen items including a a batter uh, a batter bowl with a handle nice. which is very handy for me because I make I'm a person who makes waffles yeah uh, and a carafe that I'm going to put in, in a, a ceramic carafe that I'm going to put uh, olive oil in yeah, I think it's pronounced carafe carafe and uh, as Fidel Castro would have said a carafe and a couple of little pots with lids that I can keep things like uh, sugar and salt in. So very nice because I just that, because this stuff can get pretty expensive. Oh, it's very expensive. It's it's stuff I would never buy myself, and I didn't buy the pan for myself. It was a gift from my mother. Um, so I was shocked though at how quickly they went from all decisions <laughs> final to hold on a second. Okay, here's one hundred sixty dollars. Yeah. So what are you using for a, a skillet? I, uh, I'll, I'll actually, it's actually good enough so that I'm actually going to link to it. Um, hold on. I highly recommend for those who don't, uh, already, um, already read it, the sweet home, which is the sister, uh, website to Wirecutter, uh-huh. which is a, which is like a tech review site now owned by the New York times. And it's really good, comprehensive reviews of a category of thing. In the case of the wire cutter, a 
Blu-ray player, a television, a computer. In the case of the Sweet Home, a skillet, uh, you know, other cooking implements, other home products, best pillows and sheets and so on. And uh, I just followed their uh, uh, recommendation for best skillet. Uh, it's the all-clad stainless steel 12-inch covered fry pan. comes with the comes with the lid. Um, but I'll I'll link to this article. Um, great skillet. I've never used a stainless steel skillet before. Uh, it's spectacular. Heat is very even. Yeah. Uh, not just over the burner, but uh, outside the burner. Uh, cooks a steak beautifully. Cleans up easily. Uh, totally solid, and it's very large, and I'm delighted by it. So. Yeah. I uh, I don't like a stainless steel um, pan. No. I find them difficult to clean. Um, but when I do, I use that uh, barkeeper's friend. Works pretty well. Oh yeah, yeah. But I don't like to use it all the time. I wish I want just to to clean more easily. I also often end up having to uh, pouring some water in and and heating up, uh, you know, heating up the dirty pan, you know, with some suds <laughs> to clean it. Sure. You know, I've got a Finex. Which they make here in Portland. Yeah, see, you've linked nice me cast to it. Iron pan. They're uh, octagonal. They're funny shaped. They look funny. They do look funny, but I like them. Funny handles. I like them. They're good. I had it. My favorite pan, favorite skillet was a, a deep uh, Lecrozette skillet. Yeah. And for a long time, there's a present from Andy Greer. Oh, really? Speaking of whom, I, it was hit. It was Andy and his family. I was thinking about when I called Le Creuset because they. Um, I'm going to keep saying Le Creuset. I, I just Le I think, Creuset. I yeah. think that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. I think the employee mispronounced it. Don't you think? I, I, I say John Le Car also. <laughs> I think most Americans do. Okay, so um, uh, he was the one whose family had a game over the holidays. They would have a contest to see who got the best customer service. You remember that? No, I don't. I don't. And the and the key phrase, one that his mother would, he said that his mother employed with great skill was, "That's just not going to make me happy." Ooh, nice. I didn't have to resort to that, and frankly, it's a it's a tool I would have been uncomfortable uh, wielding. But um, but I was thinking of Andy when I was thinking of Andy when uh, when I was calling them, yeah. and his spirit helped me through. Not that he's dead, but. Anyway, so yeah, you, uh, you used to have... Just in Italy. Yeah. What happened to your former favorite skillet? Uh, we left it in Missoula. Left it, uh, put it in the uh, in the little drawer underneath the stove, and that was a drawer that we did not open in our move. Forgot. Oh, shit. Whatever was down there, probably still down there. Yep. Although a friend of a friend is living there, maybe they benefited from it. One hopes. But now you have one of these Finex pans? Yeah, it's a good pan. I recommend that pan. It's yeah, they're very pretty. Very pretty. Um I made uh oyster dressing for Thanksgiving. Yeah, do you tell? I was going to make a crawfish dressing. Couldn't find any crawfish in Portland. Really? I could find crawfish that had been made in some places that serve it, including my brother's crawfish and a few Vietnamese places. But the Vietnamese wholesaler only sells wholesale, won't sell retail. 
And I couldn't even find any frozen crawfish tails product of Vietnam or China uh, anywhere. So I ended up going uh, going oyster. Nice right. knee tarts, freshly shucked knee tarts oysters. And, uh, and I'm glad that I did because it was really good. Do you have a recipe uh, or are you just going off the top of your head? A little of both. A little of both. I was using a... Uh, um, a Commander's Palace cookbook recipe. Good. Uh, but it was just for stuffing turkey. Didn't have separate instructions for for how to do it, just in a pan. So I improvised. And I ended up, uh, uh, I started to make, it said, you know, cr- croutons or you know, bread. So I, I started to make toast. Uh, but then I saw that we had some stuffing croutons. I used those, forgot about the toast in the oven, and uh, burned 12 pieces of toast That's to a, a crisp. That is a shame. Crisp. Yeah, it looked like it a little, looked a little archaeological in it, there when yeah. I was done. Hurts to lose a toast. Yeah. I can tell you from toast. We lost a lot of good toast. Uh, the, the cookbook in question, are you talking about Commander's Kitchen, Take Home the True Taste of New Orleans with more than 150 recipes from Commander's Palace Restaurant, or... The Commander's Palace, New Orleans cookbook. I'm not sure. It's got a blue cover. Yeah, that's the that's Commander's Kitchen. Commander's Kitchen. Yeah. I'll link to that. And my friends. As Alice uh, would say. From about 2000, I think. Uh, yep, that's the one. That's one. My friends, uh, uh, Laura and Eugenie. Great name. Um, great, name. great name. Uh, did the, the, the styling, the food styling. For the photos. Oh, really? I've always been uh, kind of romantically interested, not that I want to have sex with it, um, in that job. I think it seems like a something that a something that a um, someone would do in a not very good novel. So it's a sexy job. I I know the, the I know a number of people who do it who are food stylists. Yeah, and they're sexy people. <laughs> of course, they are. They know how to look good. They prop, cookbook. prop up parts of their body with marbles. Good cookbook. I don't know how much it represents what's going on at Commander's Palace now. Oh, that, that doesn't matter. A couple, three chefs ago. Um, good. When is AWP going to be in New Orleans, Ed? Oh, never. Why not? It's perfect. The one that, the one that they had, it they had it in New Orleans. Oh, they did. In nine in ninety. Uh, no. Ninety nine or two thousand, and it did not go well. I think organizationally. Oh, um, I think it's too expensive for AWP to use the the convention center to do it to do it to the the level that they needed, and I think they they tried to to do it on the cheap in New Orleans. Uh, like they didn't have it at the main convention center or, or, or at the or at the non uh, horrifying hotels. In fact, the main the main hotel where they had it has been uh, demolished. Um, <laughs> because it was so terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. They tainted it. Well, it was it was a nice hotel in the forties, fifties, and sixties, and then it became residential and kind of flea bag, and then they turned it into a hotel again. But uh, it was sort of notorious for, uh, um, you know. Things being stolen and you, you can never being cleaned. You can never get the SRO 
all the way out of a building. <laughs> you really can't. And then after Katrina, um, just stood empty for a long time. And a big, a big building, big empty building. Bad things happen. Yeah. So they just tore it down. A shame. It's going to be in D.C. Yeah, this year. just a couple of weeks after uh, the glorious inauguration of our new president. Well, we all have to get arrested. I think it's going to be so unpleasant. It's not. It's really going to be bad. <laughs> well, we're staying. I, I made reservations in your your beloved At hotel. The yeah, we'll be in the Tabard. That's great. Tabard's we can be nice. Is there a good bar there? Yes. Because that's something we'll need to take advantage of. It's a charming bar. Um, charming bar, and it really—it's a good restaurant. It's you know, it's Canterbury Tales themed place. Oh yeah. Eiffel in um, the tabard as they lay. Yeah, it looks it looks great. I'll I'll link to it for people if you're in D.C. This is Ed's favorite hotel in D.C., and I'm a, I'm about to find out soon enough uh, why he likes it so much. And restaurant. And that's restaurant. My, the tabard inn is also. Probably my favorite uh, restaurant in D.C. Yeah. Spent Jill's 40th birthday there, I think. Right. Uh, a student, Joe Zendarski, his wife at the time was a uh, was a waiter there. It's good because it feels... It, it, uh, D.C. is the sort of town where when you find something that doesn't feel like you're in D.C., it, you really like it. Like I like being in DC. I love DC. It's a great city. But the things that I like about it, the, thing, the places I think many people are drawn to, are the places that make you feel like you're not there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Great. You sent me something about New England today. Yeah. Um, hold on. Um, I'm I'm writing down one of your quips. Um, yeah. So. Um. I've been uh, dating a Connecticutian, and when we are together, we will often drive someplace to go to a diner, yeah. um, or we drive to a place for no given, no real reason, and then find the diner has been the yeah. plan. But then um, I discovered this uh, this article in New England magazine: uh, fifteen best diners in New England, which of course is, I'm sure. There's much arguing that can take place about that assertion, but um, so I've been to a couple of them now. Had you already been to any of them before you saw the uh, article? Had already been to uh, one of them, and this is what led me. This is what made this seem like a legit, uh, legit article to me because this diner, which uh, we found completely by accident, um, was fantastic and uh, one of my favorite diners ever. And it was on this list. So I thought, okay, if we like that one, then these others are probably pretty good too. So the, this is uh, the one we found by uh, by accident is Sonny's Blue Ben Diner, B-E-N-N, Diner in Burlington, Vermont. Looking um, at it. Yeah. Vegetarian is the watchword at this southern Vermont eatery, which has been serving numerous meat-free dishes since the late 70s. Well ahead of the mainstream vegetarian movement. And as you know, I'm not a vegetarian, uh, but the food was Super delicious. And the um, specials, there are tons of specials. And they are just posted, uh, they, they just print them, inkjet print them out on different colored pieces of paper. And they they uh, post them above the, um, you know, behind the behind the breakfast bar, behind the counter. 
And uh, some of them are quite outlandish and innovative, and uh, people are very friendly. It's very small, and you're probably going to have to wait in line unless you get there super early. But oh, so the, I'm looking at the picture. So is the the thing in front is sort of a waiting area. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't yeah. figure out if it was supposed to be the shape. Looked like maybe it was a one hour photo at one point. <laughs> no, it's got. You can see if you look behind there, you can see it has I a see. more or less traditional um, sort of uh, airstream looking f- facade, but they built on this this kind of enclosed uh, vinyl and plastic enclosed waiting area. Um, and there, and there, you know, the one time we were there, we had to wait for a little while, but it was it was worth it. It was great. Uh, so uh, last one we went to is O'Rourke's. Yeah. Um, which is in Middletown, Connecticut. Um, and uh, also recommended, by the way, a secondhand store called in, uh, uh, in Middletown called um, Estate Treasures. Yeah. Fantastic. Great prices, really good Estate stuff. Estate Treasures in Middletown, Connecticut. That's right. And O'Rourke's Diner is there. Um, Middletown, I got to say, I expected it would be... Uh, um, more gentrified than it was. Um, there's a lot of empty storefronts, a, lo- a lot of sort of marginal characters who look kind of down and out hanging around. Um, but it was a pretty friendly city. Uh, and it works is, uh, so it seems to cater to in particular, the Wesleyan crowd. Um, there's, there are menu items that you are only allowed to have if you're a Wesleyan graduate. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, and it says here, after rising from the ashes of a devastating fire in 2006, this diner has galvanized its reputation as the best in New England. There was a, um, I think somewhere on Wikipedia or something, there's an article about how the whole community chipped in to bring the diner back after the fire. Um, all their, they do all their own baked goods. They give you some little treats, baked treats for free before you, you even order. No. They, oh. they cut them up, they put them on a plate, and they give them to you as kind of a appetizer. Um, the chef Brian uh, spends seems to spend a lot of his time hanging out with customers. And uh, while we were eating there, he hung out for five minutes with the people to the right of us, and then hung out for five minutes with the people to the left of us. Nice. Seems to know them all well. A lot of um, he seems to keep track of some students. Uh, and how their careers are going. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of I- Irish, as opposed to Irish-American cuisine um, that uh, I had some of, and it's tasty. So It says another nice not-to-miss dish, not-to-miss dish is the steamed cheeseburger, a central Connecticut specialty. Steamed, <laughs> steamed cheeseburger. Yeah, I didn't eat that, and um, I can't. Test, I can't say that I think I'm ever going to. I would think that the, the burger would already be done, and they just sort of put it all together, and then they steam like the bun and the ingredients. I don't know. That's got to be it. All right, let's look it up. Yeah, I should have Connecticut steamed cheeseburger. I don't understand. I don't understand why that would be necessary. Okay. Um, here's a here's an article that's called uh, "I Ate It, So You Don't Have To." Connecticut is weird, and so are its steamed cheeseburgers. Maybe it's, this is a reaction to a pizza. Maybe Connecticut just has to have a bizarre variation on um, 
on something every other people already already kind of own. It says um, the steamed burger trend is mostly limited to the area around Meriden, Connecticut, not Meridian, Meriden. Meriden, yeah, this is Meriden, Kansas. I okay, so name. Um, steamed cheeseburger. Okay, they load the patties and blocks of cheese in a custom steamer that cooks them through. The burgers are really juicy, and the cheese is really melty. The steaming process does the same thing with burgers it does with everything else. It removes the oils and fills the whole thing up with water. For some, that is a death knell for the burger's fortune. However, with the demise of classic burger flavor comes the rise of everything else that can be done to make a cheeseburger taste good. So I'll link to this. It just doesn't... I want one. I want one. Sounds good. Sounds juicy. Yeah? All right. Well, anyway, I, I am, we're going to keep picking off uh, um, stuff in this uh, article. And, looks like uh, a good article. We'll looks like a know. good article. I like. I particularly like the the turkey croquettes at the Chelsea Royal Diner in West Brattleboro. A little picture of those croquettes looks nice. Yeah, yeah, everything looks real good. There's also a place uh, called Dottie's in Woodbury, Connecticut, that um, I think might be next on the list. Uh, homemade donuts. Yeah, that could go either way. Mm, yeah, of course. What? What? Much like the recent election. Oh, very, very good tie-in, friend. That was good. I uh, um, good I, call. Those are some like good places. I, I I've uh, got to eat well over the last month in Seattle. Yeah, I went up there for a couple of events. Okay, I went up to to. Um, to discourse upon the legacies of Theodore Retke and Carolyn Kaiser, right. along with the poets Aaron Ballou and uh, Paisley Rectal. That was nice, and it was on the, the dime of the, the Pulitzer Committee. It was part of their centennial the Pulitzer. celebration was to have some living poets talk about some dead poets. And uh, so we went to uh, Jewel... Very fine restaurant, uh, not super fine. Nice, nice restaurant. Um, that was really delicious. J O U L E had some had a lot of I had a lot of octopus up there. Yeah, it was nice. Had a little beef tartare. You know that sounds familiar to me. Is it was it Chef on Top Chef once? Could be. Ever seen Top Chef? Oh my god, Top Chef is great. Top Chef is what made me realize that I need to keep my salt in a little pot next to the stove, not in a shaker on the shelf. Why? Because then you, it's right there, and then you just reach in, and you grab some with your fingers, some coarse salt with your fingers, and then you sprinkle it on the food, and it's it's fun to do. It looks good. And it's you've got better control over how much you're releasing where. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But anyway, yes. Um, so gooey ju- duck. There's a gooey duck. What's gooey? gooey? Fried fried rice. You know what gooey duck is? Graphical user interface duck. G-E-O-D-U-C-K. Gooey duck. Mm -hmm. You ever had gooey duck? No. Ever seen a gooey duck? No. Have you ever been in uh, like uh, the the showers when you were like a kid and you went into the showers and there were like older kids there? I didn't do that. That's what a gooey duck looks like. <laughs> the genitals of older children? 
of, of growth. Yeah, older kids. Yeah, yeah. Before post <laughs> post puberty, genitals look like to a prepubescent person. Is what gooey duck looks like. You're not selling this very well, buddy. Well, I'm just, just, just look, look 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 it up. Check out gooey duck. All right, spell it again. It'll, spell it again. G e o d u c k. Gooey duck. So it's not it's not pronounced geoduck. No, it's, it's pronounced gooey duck. It's a, a a large, very large clam that lives in the Pacific oh, Northwest. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. And the the, <laughs> the clam body is much larger than the clam shell. Oh man, it has, it has a large pronounced tubule for uh, for breathing. Oh uh, Jesus! But it's a lot of meat, and it's pretty good. Yeah, people don't eat it much. In the Northwest, uh, most of it, what's harvested, goes to Japan. Okay. Where it is... Uh, where they don't mind eating something pre- that looks like a dick. <laughs> prepared, prepared well. All right, good. We can get it at uh, a lot of Asian groceries will have it. It is, can, it's a very strange... walk out to the mud flats with a license and a shovel and get one also. It's a very strange looking uh, creature, but it does look like it's got a lot of, a lot of meat on it. Yeah, it's like a it's like a it's like three or four pound clam. Yeah. So so you ate it. You ate it a jewel. I did. Very good. Had some short ribs and had a big big octopus arm. Yeah. The octopus. I've eaten a lot of octopus lately, and the 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 Asian grocer Hong Fat uh, near us. Yeah. They sell. Um, I'm curious. They have. I was I was in there. I was looking for crawfish. They didn't have any. They had everything else. Every other, everything else that swims and walks, but they didn't have any crawfish. Um, but they have octopus, frozen octopus. Um, that, that sort of is frozen in a ball and weighs like twenty pounds, and costs thirty dollars. <laughs> rounding everything up a little bit or down so that it's on the tens. I'm very curious about making it. I want to try to make some octopus. Sure, you do. That could go. That could go very wrong. And then I had some octopus. Uh, I was up again reading from the new book. Yeah. And uh, me and my editor went to a place called Omega Oozery. Okay. Omega O U Z E R I, a place for the dis- dispensing of of ouzo. Omega Usury opened its blue door to share authentic and contemporary Greek food. Uh, I don't remember the door being blue, but that's. They seem to think it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a nice room. Good. Good Uzo. Not that I have discriminating tastes about Uzo. I don't either, but I like it. But, uh, but a good octopus. Good octopus. Right. And, uh, I'm just looking it up because there was something else I ate. I'm not sure what it is. I haven't thought of it since then. It was like a cheese, but it wasn't a cheese. Halloumi, I suppose, is what it was. Oh, halloumi, I like. Yeah. When I was in Scotland, there's halloumi at every restaurant. What? Every restaurant is a halloumi salad. In Scotland? Yeah, in Scotland. I was having lunch with my friend there, and he and he said, I recommend the halloumi salad. And I said, what? <laughs> He's like, halloumi. Look, you've never had halloumi? Said I've never heard of halloumi. It's good. Yeah. It is good. I don't yeah. know what it is. It's a cheese. 
Yeah, but I, I don't know why it why it's how it's different from other cheeses. It's a cheese that has a high melting point, so that you can sear it as you might say um, seitan. It's most similar to seitan, yeah. I think, more similar to seitan than it is to other cheeses. So you can you can grill a bunch of chunks of it. Um, it's very delicious, and it has an almost kind of meaty texture. So vegetarians who want kind of the the bless you. We want the uh, the feel of meat uh, can have some halloumi. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I like meat and uh, I, I like halloumi. Yeah. Then we went to uh, uh, went with uh, Jeremy Holt and, and AJ and Natalie and Megan. Good crew and uh, Shane, and I think that's the crew. We went out uh, to a place called Pork Chop and Company, mm-hmm. uh, and I was the only person who got a pork chop. Oh, you gotta get a pork chop. There's a bizarre on this website. There's a bizarre rotating translucent I'm, cube of photos. I'm looking at it too. Very odd. Yeah. And the pork chop was good. I don't doubt it. But I don't know why. I don't know why nobody else got the, the pork chop. Uh, all the food looks good in the photos. Um, is yeah. it a nice environment? It was good. We went there because it was uh, every. Pl- it was a Saturday night, and everything else was. Uh, uh, you know, full. We tried to make reservations at a few other North Seattle places. Um, we went went to this place, and it was it was fantastic um, and unexpe- unexpected because the, it's called Pork Chopping Company, which is a stupid ass name. Run <laughs> up bullshit. <laughs> Northwesty font, you know, and and yeah. it looks a little bit like a nice restaurant and a little bit like a Jimmy John's. Like there was a lot of. Uh, <laughs> You know, sayings on the wall, and oh god, you know, there's a lot, a lot I didn't like about it. Yeah, but it, all, everything I didn't like about it was was shallow, um, shallowness in me. Ooh, uh, which I quickly got over after I had the chanterelle toast. Mm-hmm. It was nice bread with uh, the chanterelles. It's mushroom season up here. Yeah, I think there's a picture of it on the rotating cube. It looks great. Chanterelle toast. It was fantastic. And this apple melt, which is just kind of like a little sandwich, like a ch- uh, tuna melt, you know. Yeah. But with uh, uh, those pickled apples and melted Gruyere mm-hmm. cheese, uh, uh, some other things. Pickled apples and Gruyere cheese. I'm down. Very nice. I'm sold, man. Pickled fennel. They had pickled fennel. A lot of pickled stuff. Wisely so. Excellent. All right, these are good, good uh, Seattle recommendations. I got one other thing I wanted to say though. Um, we got a got a email. Yeah. Um, I had mentioned the HBO science fiction series Westworld last right. episode, which I right. continue to enjoy. Um, you can tell it's, have- you can tell it's good due to the amount of uh, internet backlash about people who say that in fact. In fact, the thing that you love is garbage. Um, but uh, someone which wrote... The new, name, the new name of the... Which has always been the name of the internet. The real name of the internet. <laughs> yeah, the definitely. Thing, the thing you love is garbage. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm afraid so. It's, it's, like, it's like, I think I, I quipped on Twitter that it's like 30% of all tweets is the thing you love is garbage. Um, but anyway, a guy... Uh, a guy named Chris 
who lives in Osaka, Japan, wrote uh, to me to say, if you like Westworld, you should know Westworld, the show, you should know that there is a, a, re- a real Westworld in Japan. Right, right. Um, that is abandoned. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, there is a an animatronic Wild West theme park. Yeah. Um, uh, that has now been abandoned, and it, apparently, if you are in Japan and feel like breaking in, the security is low, um, and a lot of the figures are still there and um, look super creepy. So, and there's it's lots there of because it's there because of course it is. Yeah, <laughs> because of course it is. Yeah, so I'll, I'll link to this. It's a um, it's a uh, it's kind of delightful that this is a thing. It's called Western Village, by the way. I haven't I haven't seen Westworld, but I want to go to Western Village. Yeah, yeah, me too. We should we should open a restaurant there. So you haven't seen Red Oaks? No, do tell. Well, it's okay. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, it is to uh, what, what Stranger Things was to. Uh, you know this whole pot of of kind of eighties uh, horror. Um, Red Oaks is to Caddyshack certain scenes of Caddyshack. Okay, okay, sure. <laughs> to the Danny thread of uh, of, of Caddyshack. Um, uh, but it's pretty good. And uh, we were thinking about it because we were talking about Hal Hartley on the Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's directed. Yeah, but I don't think he's, he wrote uh, some of the new season. Other than that, it's a number of other number of other. 80s, 90s directors, more recent, who haven't really done um, many movies lately, seem to be involved with this show. Good, good. Craig Araki, a few others. Um, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty good. It's not great. It's all right. My, uh, my... Which is what I want. The, the main show I'm watching right now is Designated Survivor. Oh, what is that? Oh, it's Keanu. No, Keanu Reeves. What's, what's the other one? <laughs> the other Keanu Reeves, Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, okay, <laughs> you may remember from uh, sure Flatline. Oh, he's been in all kinds of things. Yeah, um, uh, plays a, a guy who's so the uh, he was like the assistant secretary of health and human services or something, and then uh, somebody blows up the Capitol during the uh, State of the Union speech, killing the president and everybody in the cabinet, everybody in the Supreme Court. And and all of the senators and representatives, which is uh, actually uh, this kind of a turns out to be kind of a small detail of the show. I know the show is. I mean, the the, the plot is like someone in the FBI is trying to figure out what really happened. It seems to have been a uh, you know things are not what they seem. But the actual plot of the show it sort of glosses over the fact that that uh, um, all these people have died. Uh-huh. Uh, that's sort of like okay, let's just pick up where we went along. You're the president now. Right, it's bad. It's as bad as Under the Dome, and it is. Uh, <laughs> and I treasure it. Yeah, I treasure it. I'm. I'm. I don't want. Uh, I know that we have. You know, not only do many do do we know many people who enjoy quality television. We know people who produce and make quality television. But I just want some trash sometimes. <laughs> right now, yes. I just want some trash, and and that trash is designated Survivor.
Yeah, and well, it's starting to get better, which which is upsetting me because <laughs> I want it to be under the dome level bad. Yeah, well, we're really consistently. We're, I want to be able to rely on its on it being terrible. We're li- we're living in a reality in which someone who had no interest in being president is now president. So um, it's unfortunately relevant. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel relevant. That's, that's, more, that's, 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 that's a testament to how bad it is. <laughs> good, very good. Is that it is literally the most relevant sort of narrative in in in, fic, in television fiction about what's on everybody's minds, and it doesn't really <laughs> seem like it's any commentary. Very good, very good. Uh, my indulgence, which is actually quite good, actually, is um, this uh, sitcom catastrophe starring Sharon Horgan and Rob Delaney. Um, oh, I don't know that. I think it's I think it's streaming on Amazon. Uh, it's quite funny. Uh, Rob Delaney plays an American advertising uh, guy who is in London for a week, has a week long affair with uh, Sharon Horgan. Um, she gets pregnant, and uh, he decides uh, he's going to, even though they barely know each other, he's going to move to London and move in with her. And they're going to have the baby and be parents, um, and it's really funny. And the two of them are just great comedians, and the writing's really good, so I uh, recommend it. Good. And I guess it's um, I guess it's a BBC Four show. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But if you have Amazon Prime, you get to you get to watch it for free. Oh, which I do. I'll try that. You been so reading w- anything before we go? I'm I'm not really. Well, there's a book. Um, I'm I'm reading a th- I'm reading a thriller that uh, Ben Winters recommended to me um, called. Hold on, I'm finding it. Um, I'm going to tell you any second now what it's called. It's called Descent by Tim Johnson. Johnston. Um, at first, I didn't like it because the it seemed overwritten to me. Um, there's a lot of unnecessarily metaphorical writing that doesn't really illuminate what it's what it's describing but uh i stuck with it and uh kind of got used to the style and now i'm really enjoying it it's about a um, teenage girl who disappears uh-huh. um and no one quite knows how it happened and her brother was there but he was injured and um, everyone's lives are kind of shattered but they're sort of slogging along and so there's a mystery at the heart of it but it's really about what happens when a family just falls apart yeah um, it's pretty good and um i can't say what it is yet i will eventually but i'm reading a 870 page novel um, in galleys by uh, a well-known writer that I'm about to review. And it's, um, it's so dreadful that I, I, I'm beside myself. It's a lot of pages to be dreadful in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a dreadful poem can wear, can weigh on you for years and be 10 lines. I think there's an, there's an okay 270 page novel, maybe somewhere in this, this book but um but anyway eventually i will write the review it will be published and then i will discuss it with you uh on the i podcast. look forward to that yeah. i have a book recommend recommendo yeah uh lucinda by john beer okay it's a book length poem novel autobiography strange thing I've never read anything like it, except for the book that well, I haven't read. The book that it is sort of vamping on, which is uh, uh, Schiller's 
17th century book, Lucinda. John Beer is also the author of Wasteland and other poems. Mm-hmm. Um, his, all of his books have been titles of other books. Uh, and I must say, I had heard of this book, and I couldn't remember where I'd heard of it. And now that I, I've found out why I've heard of it, and it's because Stephen Burt mentioned it on Twitter. Um, he he reviewed oh, he did, it. did, really? Yeah, he reviewed it for Rain Taxi. So oh. I'll, I'll link to that. It's uh, a hell of a book. Yeah? It, it is a, a wig flipper. <laughs> okay, okay. Sure. It's funny and serious, and, and it, it's a wig flipper. All right. I'll leave it at that. Read some other things, but I don't know if they're any good. Right, I've been well, reading a lot. That's one thing of this this blue period. Yeah. Well, I haven't been able to concentrate on anything since May, so I'm, I'm yeah. working on it, though. Well, can I show you well, one more thing, though? Okay. This is a present for my brother Peter, but I know he doesn't listen to the podcast or use email. So <laughs> I got this for him. Yeah, what, uh, what is it? It's the 25th anniversary edition of Terry Brooks's The Sword of Shannara trilogy. Wow. Signed. Wow. We were at a, he's part of this Seattle Seven thing. So we had, we had this book signing together, and I, I was first in line for his big fans got there. I wanted to get it. What a good a, brother you are, Ed. Did you ever read this? Did you ever read The Sword of Shannara? Um, yeah, when I was a kid. I very, vaguely remember it. Um, I like it. Yeah. Should I? It, it, would I? Was it worth returning to? No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well, then we'll give you some lunch. Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well, then come to lunch. Cause it's time for Lunchbox with Ed John That's right, it's time for Lunchbox with Ed 